morning and after school The teacher is teaching the golden rule American history and practical math Studying hard and hoping to pass And working your fingers right down to the bone The guy behind you won't leave you alone Happy trails, happy gardens, happy rhinos, and a happy county administrator. All this and more on the August 22nd edition of the Anderson Observer Podcast. News from people you trust. The break in the heat has been wonderful the last week or so. As the summer winds down, I guess we should get used to it because it's going to be hot again. But school is back in session and the days are getting shorter. Summer tomatoes are growing more scarce, but the corn is in at the Anderson County Farmer's Market. And that's always a good thing. I want to get out there and get some of that. Uh, Anderson County recently dedicated a new memorial to fallen firefighters on the square, and it joins the other memorials to fallen police officers and canines on the square uh, to remember those who lost their lives in service to this county. It's a really cool memorial if you hadn't seen it. Drive by at night to see it because it lights up at night. It's something special, and it's part of a plan to get all the memorials back down to the um, to the courthouse square where they're accessible. Anderson County has some more good news when their accommodations tax reports were up 45%, actually a little more than that, which is a strong indicator of the uptick in visitors to the county, which has been led by sports tourism, which at $46 million in ATAX, that's up $15 million from 2018. Bassmasters, state high school wrestling, and the Dixie Youth Tournaments, including the World Series, which brought teams from nine states, are a big part of the boost of the county's economy. And the work of Neil Paul and his staff at Visit Anderson, Joey Lance, Director of Belton Recreation, Mike McCormick, who's the head of sports activities at the Sports and Entertainment Complex, deserve a major, major shout-out for all their efforts. Along, of course, with Matt Shell and Glenn Brill at the county, whose efforts include all of these things, plus the Saluda River Rally and the growth of all our parks, including the big ones like Dolly Cooper. This looks like the beginning. If we can only get county council to approve a hospitality tax in unincorporated areas, there'd be even more funds to continue to grow and expand. So ask your county council member about that and ask them to bring it up again because the county council can vote to make that happen. My understanding is right now Anderson County is leaving around $5 million on the table from unincorporated areas not having the hospitality tax, which is a 2% tax on prepared meals. It will not be knocked on top of the areas that already have it, which is every other municipality and parts of the county that are incorporated already have it. This is just for unincorporated areas, such as the area around exit 19, where Cracker Barrel and Outback and all those restaurants are. Um, the money that would come in there goes directly to parks and recreation activities for the county, and it's something that would be paid for largely by people who aren't from here. It's from folks who are out of state, most of them, and we'd love to have that money come in. So ask your county council member about the hospitality tax. Uh, filing for all the county partisan elections for November uh, ended last week. You can see a complete list on those of those on the Anderson Observer, news from people you trust and see who's running for the county school board seats, county boards of education, soil and water commission, uh, the uh, Humboldt Park uh, Conservation District, those kind of things. And meanwhile, there is so much going on in Anderson that no one this side of Administrator Rusty Burns can keep up with it all. That's why I talked to Rusty about these updates and what all is going on around the county. All right, uh, lots going on in the next couple of weeks, but first tell me about the new community needs assessment the county's working on right now. Uh, it's just a trying to find out uh, what the community needs, what are the uh, wishes of the general population, 
And so it's just something we need, A, for grant purposes, but also just for our general information, a pulse of the county type thing, if you will. Yeah, a lot of stuff about infrastructure and lighting and safety, oh, and just a little bit of everything. Like that, yeah. Help us do planning. Right. And now, Celebrate Anderson is the next big thing we're talking about. What can people who have not been paying attention expect at the Celebrate Anderson? Well, we're going to have a free concert and we're going to have the Anderson Big Band Orchestra out there and we're going to have the person who won the United Way a talent show out there and we're going to have rides out there for children and those rides will be open at 12 o'clock and they won't cost anything the gates will open at 5 o'clock there will be food trucks available inside so you can carry a picnic if you want to as long as you use a clear bag and uh, if you want to just go there and get your things from uh, the uh, food trucks, that'll be fine. And then the Cancer Association will be selling beverages, and they do that at most of our concerts to raise money for the Anderson County Cancer Association. But it's going to be a big, fun day, but it's really more than that because Jamie Johnson's coming on the 1st. That's the next question, yeah. So it's really going to kick off that day. And now, Blackberry Smoke. And Blackberry Smoke. That is a... Anderson County is presenting that concert, but there's a private uh, component to that too. So that's going to be a big deal, but that's not free. Well, I was going to say, that's maybe the biggest name at the Civic Center in a very long time. I mean, Jack, Jamie Johnson and Blackberry Smoke are headliners all over the world, really. Yeah, they're selling out everywhere. So September 1st, that concert's going to be there. September the 4th, the day before Labor Day, to celebrate Anderson. And then not too far after that, there's a Travis Tripp concert that's going to take place inside. But right now... The, the other two are supposed to be outside. Yeah, the other two are outside. Jamie Johnson's outside. And, and the stage? Outside. Yeah, we were just talking about the stage. Well, the stage is... We got... I got a part in, didn't like what it looked like, sent it back, so they're redoing it. So our goal is to have the stage complete, or at least 90% complete, by the last day of August, because we got a concert September the 1st. So it's a whole lot of activity. There's something that we've never had. It'll be covered. It's going to allow us to bring in these bigger names because, you know, in the old days, everybody stand outside. Well, amphitheaters and, and venues have gotten more and more elaborate and people are more picky about where they'll go. And so we, we know that that's an investment that's going to make have a great return for the type of people that we bring into Anderson County. So it's going to be pretty big bang to start September here in Anderson County. Plus you got football, high school football starting, and college football and pro football. So, you know, September's going to be big. What, what has the county learned about Celebrate Anderson over the years? Been doing it a long time now. Well, we know that people like to have country music draws the best. It's just a bona fide fact. So we try to, we try to give people what they want. And we also thank our sponsors, Michelin and Arthrex and a whole host of others who give us money to put on Celebrate Anderson as a celebration of the manufacturing in Anderson County and just to celebrate Anderson County. And I think the fact that we've added rides for children during the day, that stretched it out. And there's just more things to do. The splash pad's going to be open that day, so you can go get them hot and, and, and sweaty out there riding the rides and then you can go to Splash Pad and have a good time. It'll be buzzing around there that day all day. So we hope everybody comes out. Every bit of that except if you buy something from the food truck or from the Cancer Association, you have to pay for that. But all the entertainment is absolutely free. So 
we hope we have a good crowd and a good turnout. Plus, our fireworks show this year is going to be bigger than any we've done in the past. So we're looking forward to seeing what that looks like. So it's always a great fireworks show yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, County Council has a special meeting uh, set for the end of the month to uh, move ahead on the jail. Remind people what where we are on the jail. Well, right now we think the jail is going to cost fifty-five million dollars. That's what we think. That's what we're going to go out for. And in order to do that, it requires three readings of County Council. And so we're having a special meeting on that day to try to get ahead of the interest, the rise in interest rates. So we're moving as fast as we possibly can on that to lock in a good interest rate. So that's what that's about. Since last time we met, there have been a lot of new stuff unveiled to the public. And well, let's just start with Sunday's dedication of the new firefighter uh, memorial. Um, how did that project develop? Uh, we had the, we looked like a tombstone out at the Civic Center right beside Chris Taylor Park, right beside where all the ducks yeah, The ducks were. loved it. The ducks loved it very much that we would clean it in the morning and by one o'clock it would be covered with duck. And so it and it just didn't seem to be what was needed. So we started thinking county council and, and remember our chairman's firemen too. And uh, a couple of them have also been firemen at some point in their careers and we just started thinking what can we do to honor the firemen in an appropriate way and why don't we put it in the center of Anderson in front of the new courthouse where people could see it. So we started doing that. We got a little group together to work on the design. We got Scott Foster, who I think did an incredible job on it. Uh, we partnered with the city to do it. So it recognizes every fireman in Anderson County who lost their life fighting fire. But it's also a monument to everybody who spends their time being a fireman. And we hope that keeps it in the public's eye. And I think everybody should come out and see it. We have tools mounted on that that were actually used to fight fire. It's solar powered so it lights up at night and uh, I think it's really nice and I think uh, we had a huge celebration Sunday at 3 o'clock. We had a huge crowd, firefighters from all over the county. We had family members from people who had, whose names were on the monument so we're real happy with how that turned out. And you've had, kind of had a vision to get all the memorials downtown anyway right on the square? Well that's, what I th that's where I think they should be. I mean, we've got memorials that are hidden it. unless you're just absolutely lost and fall over them, you'll never see them. The exception to that is the Veterans Monument. And right now where it is, you have to go in a parking lot and walk up and people never can find it. So we are working with uh, <clears throat> veterans groups to try to put that across the field, across the road from where Kid Venture 2.0 is. So that's a private effort. We have the land and they're in the process of raising money and that will be a beautiful addition too because it'll be, it will be a memorial but it'll almost be like a park-like memorial. So that will be another thing we're doing in the Civic Center. So that's where we are on that. And you already got the police one downtown. The, you know, we already have the police monument downtown. So we got that and the firefighter there. And, and the we also canine. have a memorial to the canines down there. So. Yes. Uh, also, uh, the Robert Anderson Fountain minus one cherub is back on the grounds of the Anderson County Museum. In case people missed the restoration story, tell people who restored it and how that project developed. Lash Foundation, the same people who restored the Hunley, restored our fountain. Our fountain was about to disintegrate. I mean, just literally disintegrate. So, the people at the museum, Beverly in particular, found this group. Let's see if we can do that. The county allocated the money. They sent it to North Charleston for a year and they soaked it in all these chemicals and everything and did all of that. 
and then restored it. And, and it looks just like it did, except the cherub, who's still going to have to take another year. And there's some question that. if that was an original cherub anyway, when you look back True. at the really old pictures. Yeah. But, but anyway, he's still soaking in a bath. And so that's there. And we have a little more work to do because right now it's not exactly straight level, so the water's not coming cascading down. But we're on top of that. We're working on that. So... For $100,000, we got the fountain back, and it should be good for another 100 years. So it, lo it looks really good. It looks really good. And really, it, it sets off the courtyard right behind there. There was a dead, nasty space where garbage was, but now there's a little courtyard there. And pretty soon, we'll have a little celebration for that to announce that to the public. So that'll be good, too. Will I ever get another fountain downtown? I certainly hope so. And certainly would like there's to. There's room for it. Yes, there is plenty of room for it. Uh, another thing you just touched on a minute ago, Kidventure 2.0 is now open. Every time I've driven by, it's full of kids. Uh, splash pads open weekends through September as well. And it seems to be a big hit. And parents have told me they're impressed with how much more secure it feels. And that was one of the goals of design, right? Well, that was one of the main. It's ADA, and it also has 10 cameras on it. So we can see every part of that facility and what goes on there. We also have... Uh, kid venture rangers we call them who are always on duty when that is open so we think it's as safe as we can make it and we also have a heavy police presence deputies ride by on a regular basis and city police officers ride by on a regular basis so we we want them to be safe we want people to have fun and i've never been by there and i make it a point to go by there every day that it has not been filled up with people and, and uh i gave a talk the other night and uh, i was getting uh grandparents really like it too and you got the grandparents and you got the kids we're good and now we're trying to raise the money for the other one million dollars so we're looking yeah at what's the next only thing left to do out there there's, there's about a million two hundred thousand dollars worth of work to complete all the pedals that you could see from the air and so we're looking at grants and things like that to finish that out because we really want to get that whole thing done so it's just more decorative almost. Uh, it's more decorative, but more things to do. More things to do, too. Yeah, it's it's amazingly clean, and I, I helped put together the first one. I helped put screws in that original one, and this one is so much cleaner and nicer. And Well, uh, I spent seven days building the one in Pendleton, so I know how that process goes. And then I went and spent time redoing the one in Pendleton. That was probably part of the problem. They brought in experts like us. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, so I built one. Uh, the Civic Center has really been a hub of activity. Right now they got soccer, flag football, filling the fields at nights, and old folks filling the pickleball courts in the morning. But the big news is the recent overall success of the Dixie Youth World Series. Uh, what kind of feedback have you heard from this event? I think the people from the Dixie Youth said, whatever y'all, whatever tournaments y'all would like to have, uh, you can have them. Because I think we put our people, Todd McCormick, Joey Lance from Belton, our people from the Convention and Visitor Center Bureau knocked it out. I mean, everybody raved about it. We had people from Texas. We had people from Virginia. We had people from everywhere. And they absolutely loved it for the World Series. The state tournament was great. And they were all over town. And they were here for about six days. And they were spending money everywhere and going to restaurants. I don't think there's anything left at Dick's or Academy uh, baseball-related left. So it was good for our local business. And that's the whole point. And then we had the high school uh, Bassmaster Fishing Championships, and that brought in 
people from everywhere. I mean, the people who won it were from Wisconsin. Now, I don't know how these two teenagers from Wisconsin won the bass tournament since they fished for walleye and muskie and pike. So it must be transferred. And apparently they won it at the last minute. It was like a at final the, cast or two. Or at the last minute. But we had people. We had people from Canada fishing in that tournament. People from California fishing in that tournament. And Green Pond was a hub of activity for about four days, and they were everywhere. And it's easy to spot these people because usually there's a boat behind them. Yeah. Before we get to Green Pond anymore, though, the the Dixie Youth, I think uh, I was told, two million dollar economic impact just on easy, the World Series. Easily that, and I think that's on the low side. Uh, that. Uh the the fishing tournament though they're talking about coming back next year they were so oh, we impressed. have the high, we have the high school bass championship again next year right uh, have there been any other ideas for concerts at the amphitheater in the fall we uh, last about? night they were having play practice out at the amphitheater so they're getting ready for their first play so they were out there last night having play practice so that's coming up and we're looking at some other concert ideas out there so we want to <clears throat> make that a great community. spot especially when it gets cooler weather gets the lake cooler. there. And we're also looking at the possibility of having a portable cover out there. We think that would add something to it. But again, we'll probably have to get a grant for that. But I think that we possibly could because South Carolina Department of Natural Resources loves us as much as we love them. And they've been very helpful in funding that and helping us with that. Uh, any other news coming out of what you, I think you call it the legendary Green Pine Event Center? Uh... Well, I mean, more fishing tournaments and more fishing tournaments. I mean... We, we have set the standard in the southeast, if not the United States, on what a fishing venue should be. But again, as I've stated before, we want it to be more than fishing. I mean, people go out there and swim. They go out and read books. They just go out there and hang out. That's perfectly fine. That's what it's for. It doesn't cost anybody anything. The other thing that we're fixing to do is we're fixing to open up the River Forks Recreation Area. The county is. And that will be a soft opening on September the 1st. And if you haven't been out there, you really should, because we've done a lot of work out there. It will be run by the county, and it's $5 a carload on our system. So that's a pretty good deal. We are in the process, or almost completed. What all have you done out there? I haven't been out there yet. Cleaned out a lot of brush. Remember, the core closed that. I remember that. And it was closed for a long time. It was still highly used but not regulated. But we're going to have somebody there. We're going to have people there to watch what goes on there. We've cleared a lot of trees, cleared a lot of brush. We have tested all the water in the swimming areas to make sure that it, we can't open it for swimming. We won't have lifeguards out there, but you can swim at your own risk. And we can tell you that the water is clean enough for you to do that. So there are picnic tables out there and all kinds of things. You can just go out there and walk around if you want to. So September 1 will be another way that people can access the lake. But we have exciting things happening on Lake Harwell and, and, and more to come. Well, I guess the lake and the sports tourism are the source of the big jump in ATAX funds in Anderson County. Is that right? Yeah, it's the lake and what we do out at the Civic Center. You bring in the money. It jumped like 45%? Yep, 45% increase in tourism. People say, well, you know, I... Tourism's not big in Anderson County. Oh, yeah, it is. It's real big, and it's getting bigger, much bigger, and it's going to continue to get bigger. I mean, we still benefit from Clemson University. We still benefit from Anderson University bringing people in. Uh, now that you have access to the lake, now that people know that the lake's out there, so there are a whole lot of things going on, plus the events that the county's putting on, plus the events that private promoters are putting on because they see that they can 
they can make money doing that now, and that's the whole goal. And that's one of the prime reasons that stage is out there. This is not Duckburg. We actually have a stage. You don't have to rent a stage. So just general improvements. And everything's designed to bring money into Anderson County and to fill our restaurants and hotels and Airbnbs and everything else and just keep that money flowing around here. And, and that kind of leads me to a couple of years ago, I think it was, council began roll, the ball rolling towards collecting ATACs from the Airbnbs and stuff. What is there an update on that? We're about to implement that. It's taken, naturally we had to bid that service out. Oconee's been doing it for years. And it's a good they do pretty well. Yeah, and, and it's a good source of income, which we would take and plow back into having more events to bring more people in here to make that grow even more. I know this has to be council-driven, but has anybody in council talked about hospitality tax in unincorporated areas again? Well, this, that's always bubbling around, so we'll just see. You, you touched on Anderson University. I'll talk about that in a minute, but we've not talked about Tri-County Tech's 60th anniversary. Um, you and I have both been here forever. How has that school and its relationship with the county impact economic development and sort of changed the face of the three counties it serves? Well, it is 60 years old, and as you know, Anderson County pays 50% of the bill for Tri-County Tech. They get other money from students and grants and things like that. Oconee pays 25, Pickens pays 25. The first non-Pendleton campus was here. It's everything we do in economic development, Tri-County Tech is involved in what we do because they provide the training, they provide the uh, necessary skills for job-specific instances, they're a great resource. They're the crown jewel of the tech system in South Carolina. Not me saying that. Everybody else says that. They're innovative. And uh, we work very well with them, depend on them. They depend on us. Uh, they have a presence out at 1428, which, by the way, if you ride down uh, 28, how, the uh, bypass, we actually have our sign up now so people will know that we're in the old Ryobi building. So we're there. And... Uh, our shop is about 90% operational now, so we're going to have an open house so people can come see what that's about. So there's just, just something going on every second. The elephant pen is going to have grass out there pretty quick, and we've got some very serious economic development announcements coming in. Once you plant grass, everybody wants to move out there. Yeah. Uh, but before you get away from the... Uh, I think Anderson, people forget, Clemson is certainly not in Anderson County, but it... Everybody from Clemson drives to Anderson for everything. So you got Clemson and AU and Tri-County Tech. How does that sort of uniquely position Anderson County for economic recruitment and stuff? Well, I mean, you have an engineering school up the road. Anderson University is adding an engineering program. And Tri-County Tech has those two-year technical degrees. Yeah, yeah you, want to, you want to do something that requires those skills? Why wouldn't you come here? Why, why not come to the place where everybody is already here? The days of you having to leave Anderson County to go find a good job with the future that pays a whole lot of money, those days are over. Go out to TTI right now and look at the construction out there. That intersection in 81 and 85 is, is already blowing up, but fixing to blow up even more. And when we have our sewer connection, probably hopefully within nine months at exit 14, watch what happens there. Exit 14, it's going to go boom. So that has finally up. picked up and is moving pretty fast I mean, now. I mean, because at one point it was delayed because of equipment stuff. Yeah, right? but the construction company now has three crews out there, and they are working hard. We only have one more right-of-way to go, which we're going to get today. And so that project is also going to increase everything going on in Anderson County. Well, speaking of exits and crazy right-of-ways, everybody's talking about Bucky's, which I... 
understand it's a, 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 a truck stop destination. <laughs> but have you heard anything updated on that? I know they're doing traffic studies. They're doing traffic studies and environmental studies. That's and they're paying for those, right? Yeah, they gave us a million dollars. We gave it to DOT doing it, but we still have to find a ton of money to redo that intersection, which needed to be redone before Bucky's came there. Bucky's won't come unless it's done. Bucky's has agreed to pay part of that cost. So we're in a money hunt right now. It's exactly what we're doing. So that exit had already outgrown its... It is way, but it's so far down the list on SCDOT. But I've seen uh, things jump on the SCDOT list before. Uh, since last time we met, Magistrate's office has extended its hours. What led to that decision? <laughs> Chief Magistrate. Chief Magistrate said, people work. Why should they have to get off during the day from their jobs to come to Magistrate Court? Judge Eubanks said, we're going to keep stay open until 7 o'clock. We don't even need any more money from y'all to do that. We're just going to do that. Probably the only place in the state that's doing that in the Chief Magistrate of the Anderson County Summary Court System, she did that. She came up with that. So yeah, I've interviewed her. She's an impressive person. All credit goes to her. Um, grew across the street from Dr. King. Uh, council over the past month has voted, and I, I just did a rough count on this, a number of incentives for jobs would bring up almost a thousand new jobs to the county. Yes. Um, how much impact will I have once it's made official, all these jobs? It's going to be substantial, but uh, one of these is going to be have a national and international impact, and that should happen within the next two weeks. And it's going to further solidify Anderson's place as the place to do manufacturing. And again, it's, it's a project that was looking in other countries. But when it came down to it, the best place for them to be is in Anderson County. So we're excited about that. Very excited about that. We're also excited about some of those other ones you mentioned. <clears throat> uh, we're excited about jobs going in the southern end of the county. The other night we had the incentive on those 60 new jobs down there. Yeah, it's nice. The dirt get scattered rather than just being bunched in one area now. Every, every The county council's goal is for all areas of the county to prosper. That's what needs to be done. Is there anything else looming like in the next month or so that's going to be another big announcement or are we just focusing on getting these out there official? Or? That, well, that one big one, hopefully by August 31st it will be public if we don't mess up and that will be huge. You know, we haven't mentioned him, I don't think, in the last couple of years, but... And a lot of people, if they don't pay attention, don't know. But uh, just remind people what Burris Nelson's role is in, in this growth and work we're doing. Burris is the Economic Development Director for Anderson County. 35 years ago, I was the Economic Development Director for Anderson County. And I hired Burris. And, and Burris and I have been together in some way or fashion for 30 years doing economic development together. But he is the premier economic development operative in the state of South Carolina since I'm not doing it. <laughs> That's the inside joke between me and I got you. I got you. That, that partnership. Uh, I was looking. Anderson County has roughly... That's, that's very rare. It's, it's, I, I think it's, it's unheard of. Rare. I can't think of anywhere else that's even close. And it's also very rare when you have a council who unanimously supports economic development. But again, we don't come and tell them we're fixing to have an announcement. They're in from the ground floor. They know as much as we know. I mean, that that's why it works so well here because it's just a seamless, seamless transition. Well, historical memory too is rare now because you talk to somebody that doesn't know what happened here 30 years ago, you know, which has an absolute impact on what's going on today. 
So that's very rare and interesting in South Carolina now. Well, because you look I, around, people are hiring new people from other parts, of, and they may be very, you know, they're good at their jobs, but they don't know the area in, in deep ways and deep roots. And, and know people from every section of the county. Uh, we, and their mom and them knows everybody else. And their mom knows everybody else. And you know who to go talk to and, and to get things done. So this is a special place. It always has been. It's becoming specialer every day. Uh, last time I looked at South Carolina statistics, Anderson County has roughly 2,900 unemployed people. Do we have enough people to fill all these new jobs? I think they're all moving here. I think they're all moving here. And yes, and remember this, you, you, it's, it's a level. I'm over here and I'm working in a fast food restaurant. That's wonderful. I've spent my time working in a restaurant, but then you might want to move up. You move up, then you fill up that gap. And so it's opportunities here. And a lot of people who go to Clemson never want to leave this area. You know that as well as I do. And a lot of people from Anderson University, we've had a lot of interns from Anderson University who are not from here and they don't want to leave Anderson. So, I mean, they're bringing people here too, but people are finding their way here from everywhere. And we've talked about this in depth, and, but it's been months ago. How much does Green Pine, the Sports and Entertainment Center, the parks, Hartwell Lake, Broadway Lake, and these other destinations impact the ability for you guys to do the recruitment? Well, I mean, we've had people say, we didn't know Anderson was there, but we saw Bassmasters, and we like it. And, and y'all can do that. And you do that, you've already done it four times. And then all, it just all of this works. I mean, you know, it's, it's almost evil, all of the wonderful things that we have right here to sell. You know, we got 85 right there. Everything's, everything's perfect. Embarrassment of riches. You're Embarrassment of riches. Uh, that trail from Anmed on 81 North to the Civic Center by the East West Parkway is very close to completion. I've already seen people walking on both ends of yes. that paved part. Yes. Is there an official date they've told you it might be completed? I don't know that one yet. Don't they got a couple little yet. culverts to cover, but it looks pretty close to... It's, it's going to be awesome. Um, it's 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 and they've done it. That's been a pretty quick project considering the amount of pavement they've had to put that's down. Very, that's a very hard project. That contractor's done an excellent job. And what's the next goal for trail, the trail system once that's done? I know the city would like to connect to the county's trail. Well, we would like it, but there used to be a railroad called the <clears throat> Piedmont Northern, okay? The slang name for it was called the Poor and Needy. Mm -hmm. It was Duke Power Railroad. Uh, it ran from Anderson, near the fairground, near AU, all the way to Belton. Duke still has all of that right-of-way. And we have talked with Duke about maybe turning that into a trail because the hardest job in building a trail is getting right away. Wonder if we can work that project and connect Anderson to Belt, then eventually to Honeypath and Williamston. And we still have that dream of connecting Pendleton to Anderson, which ties into the Clemson trail system. So why not do that? And Williamston just got funding to extend their trail. So Absolutely, that, that would they did. Connect those three. They want to connect Pelzer, West Pelzer, and Williamston. So if yep. you could connect to that, we would be, we would actually. You know, I know the mayor uh, at Williamson, Rock Bridges, was telling me, you know, before Swamp Rabbit Traveler's Rest wasn't on the map, but now. But that's the gospel truth. That is the gospel truth. Trails make money. They also provide a healthy place for people to walk. It also increases livability, which is a nebulous term, but it means a lot. It protects it green spaces, too. Yes, and it protects green spaces, too, which is very important. 
Uh, a couple years ago, um, the county did a survey of all the parks. Uh, what progress is going on as a result of that study? I think when there are like 39 parks or something? 39 parks, but as you know right now, in every council district, we're doing a recreation study. Uh, going out to the public, what do you want, what would you like to see, what needs to be done? So that's what we're doing right now. We're doing it one council district at a time. So that's where we are right now working on those. And you mentioned the lawnification of the elephant pen. Um, Nice green grass replacing the mud hole. Any, they told you when the grass might be sprouting up? Yeah, uh, probably we'll have grass in the middle of September. That's gonna be nice for downtown, nice new green space downtown. It is gonna be a nice People get space. spoiled and you had to build something on it. Just in time to. Unless, unless they decide to move the Empire State Building, it better be something good. <laughs> uh, last time you, uh, you know, we, we just talked about this, but you said there are a lot more people now suddenly interested in that site. I know COVID slowed it down, but is there a master plan? I know you have some ideas. Is there a master plan for what the county wants to see there? We, th this is it. Somebody could use their imagination. It doesn't have to be one building, okay? It needs to have some retail commercial. We don't want just apartments. Some apartments would be nice with condominiums. It has to be something innovative that blows the world away or then just leave it in green grass. You just don't want to put something there to put something there. Rooftop restaurant with a vista. That would work. Hole. That yeah. would work. I don't have the money. so and I don't need it. Uh, any updates from the airport? We haven't talked about them lately. This is very fascinating that you asked that. <clears throat> Clemson Airport just received a huge grant. The Pickens Airport received a huge grant. Of course, we'd received a huge grant before. They're going to close the Pickens Airport and the Oconee Airport during the Clemson football season. Wonder where all of those people are coming. They're coming to the Anderson Airport, and our airport runs primarily on the sale of jet fuel. So we're going to have all of the traffic that was going to those three airports is going to come to Anderson. As a matter of fact, we're going to have to get a portable control tower, have our own air traffic controller. And the people who fly in on those Gulf Streams, we're hoping to make sure that they never leave Anderson ever again when they find out we have an instrument landing system. Our runway is longer than both of those other runways, so it's a chance for us to shine, make new friends, and get more people. You're not that much further from Clemson. That's the interesting. It's not, and if you go up the back way, it's not quick at all. I mean, it's not, you know, you Any can further get at all, there. yeah. Yeah, so you can get there. So that's very good. And the other thing, just to tell you, <clears throat> before I forget it, that it looks like all of the mill projects in, in at least in the urban area of Anderson are moving. The old uh, Anderson Cotton Mill seems to be the tipping point. Uh, Mr. Burt's property, the Chemtex property back that way, that seems to be full in play and we hope to close on the Equinox property, sell that Equinox property to a developer. So if you're looking on that side of town, I think you're fixing to see some radical changes about how it's going to look and what's going to go there. And, and I don't think it's in the sweet by and by. I was going to say, in five years, there could be 400 housing units over on that side of town all of a sudden. Easily. Easily. I didn't want to get away. One thing about before we leave the airport completely, will that provide enough money, this extra, to get the playground done? Well, we're still... Or that, that grant money? I'm still trying to raise that privately. Uh, and like I said, we have $150,000. But we put all our efforts to get Kid Venture up and going. So now that's the next one that we want to do. Plus, it's just—I've never seen a small airport with a playground either. That would be an interesting. You you go, you go to the uh, 
Pickens has a playground at their airport, but it's not really near their airport. And if you go over to the Greenville downtown airport, their playground over there is filled with kids all the time. Ours is right there where you can see the planes coming in and taking off. So we think it's going to be a great addition to the county. Uh, it's been a, we've had one full calendar year since council voted to build the countywide EMS system. Uh, how's the year in review looking on that? On our QRV system, I think it's a home run. Uh, we received a state award for developing that system. And that QRV system is running wonderfully well. We still have some bugs, but we're working out those bugs. And so I think it's been a great improvement. And we're still fully staffed with paramedics, and nobody else in the state is. And uh, I just think it's, it's going well, and I think people can sleep better at night. There's some exciting things on the horizon uh, in medical-related areas that we're going to be a part of. We'd like to do more community health, and that's one of the goals we established. We're not there yet. We'd like to be able to do wellness checks. We're not there yet, but that's one of the goals that council has. So we have a big vision for that, and we have a lot of good partners. You know AnMed is a partner with us on that and makes all of this possible. And so it's just a lot going on in Anderson County. We've not talked roads lately. I see a lot of repairs ongoing around the county. How's funding going, and what, what are the needs? Any big projects underways, underway? Well, you know, at uh, last council meeting on Tuesday night, we announced a lot of roads that were going to be repaired. I'm sure they're up at your newspaper. People can go and look and see what those are. We released that contract, so those projects should get going here pretty quick. And we've received some additional money from the state, so we're going to be able to do even more paving than we have in the past. And we, the Broadband Countywide Broadband Partnership, is it achieving the intended goals? Because there were multiple goals for that, to make sure everybody would at least get access one way or the other. Well, you know, we're in that partnership with Western uh, <clears throat> WCTEL and Blue Ridge, Upcountry Fiber. That's going very well. One thing that that they did for us, our Civic Center now is wired better than any place in the whole world. In the past, you couldn't get any internet out there, and now... Not even you, on your phone, no, But now you are lit up, and they put a lot of stuff in there that's going to help us as a county, and also at the same time, our partnership, and now they're finally releasing that grant money they've been talking about for 110 days. Not only is that working, but if you look around, you'll see AT&T putting in a lot of fiber and Charter's putting in a lot of fiber. Nothing like competition to get people started. Well, the idea was, one part of the idea is these people had exclusive areas that they and weren't servicing. That's exactly right. So now it's time to get busy and start serving those areas. And so it, it's, it's reaching the whole county. We're going to get that broadband done? Uh, it's going to take a while, but the way things are going right now, it looks like we're going to get there quicker than I thought. What's the latest on the mental health court and veterans court? Uh, we're still did, waiting. We're is Cordell Maddox going to do that? Is that yes, the plan? We're, we're still waiting on that grant, which I'm sure we're going to get. And those are pretty important for Anderson County because the drug court's been pretty successful, right? Drug court's been successful. The mental health slash veterans court's going to be successful too. And we're about to spend a million dollars on the old courthouse. I was going to mention that. It's expensive to maintain all these county buildings. Uh, any idea how much it costs just to keep the county's facilities up to snuff? I don't want to talk about it. It costs a lot of money. But people we've, don't think about... Oh, we've had to replace roof after roof after roof after roof. 
Uh, we've got work to do on this roof. Heating and air. We've got rotten timbers up here. We have a new air conditioning system ordered for the Civic Center because the other one is 33 years old. It's the original air conditioning system. And at that time, nobody was thinking about zone control. So right. at the Civic Center, it's either freezing or you're <laughs> hot. But it's on back order. And we still don't know when that's At least you can keep people in. freezing cold out there. Though. That's, that's uh, exactly right. Uh, any update on the library branch and Iva moving to the town square? Uh, we received some good news yesterday. Mr. Steve Newton received news from Columbia that it looked like our grant had moved up further up the uh, chain. So that's going well. And Anderson's library system has been recognized as best in the state and continues to have that wide variety of services. Um, anything in the budget we're talking about upgrading buildings to do some cosmetic upgrades to the Anderson facility? Uh, that, that carpet was new one time, but it's kind of... Yeah, the carpet that we're looking at now is carpet that needs to go over to the new courthouse. That carpet is 33 years old. So, and Miss Mary, who's in charge of the courthouse custodian, tells me about it every day, that she can't keep it clean anymore. So that's where we're going to be putting carpet. We have rotten timbers in this building, in the historic courthouse that we have to replace. So we have we have lots of challenges. What about the library though? I mean, it, it's pretty old too. That stuff's. But they have their own budget. Yeah. And they have their own maintenance crew. Okay. Okay. I'm just curious about that. Um, the old you, you touched on this earlier. The old singer I came the singer building that tells you how you know TTI building continues to be the home to more and more services. Somebody asked me the other day what all is out there, and I'm not sure I can give them an adequate answer. Economic developments out there. Public Works is out there, a large portion of the Sheriff's Department's out there. Uh, we have companies that are out there until they get their feet on the ground that are out there. They're lining up to do that, as I understand. They're lining up so to they do come that. in, they want to see if they can get going here until they can get a building, and they yeah. run their operations out of there. Yeah, business incubator is what it is. Business incubator slash soft landing zone. And they all seem to be doing quite well out there. Plus, we all have the new shop that's out there. Plus, we have some storage place. Plus, we rent part of it to companies to generate income to maintain that building. So, everything. Tri County Tech trains some out. Tri County Tech uses it, and they have space out there. Right. And and uh, the job service has space out there. I mean, there's something in every corner of that building going on. Our solid waste department's out there. Everything's out there. That's another thing. Now that and there's I'm, still some more room out there, right, for stuff to... Getting, getting close. And now that we have our new maintenance facility, shop, vehicle shop, we're going to tear down all of those buildings over there near the airport where our public service area was because they're falling in anyway. And we're going to plant that in grass and wildflowers because one day the airport's going to need that space. So all of that's going to disappear, which will beautify that road. Well, the unofficial lighting of the Anderson County Christmas tree and Santa's appearance in your office window is 92 days away as we sit here. Uh, I know you promised taller tree every year and the current rate of growth. I think we figure it'll be taller than the Rockefeller Plaza tree before the end of the decade. Correct. Uh, we have a lot of fun talking about it, but one of the things that's important that people tend to forget is that tree even with its growth and the additional lights and ornaments has saved taxpayers a, a great deal of money it saved money but it gets bigger and better every year people look forward to it and i think it brings the community together and again i've said this i've seen 
weddings out there. I've seen people go take their postcards, their Christmas postcards out there. And I see people just walking around smiling. And that is the county square. That is the county Christmas tree for everybody who lives in Anderson County. And it should be right, and it should be proper, and it should grow. And for two months out of the year, it's a county gift to all the citizens. It's a gift to ourselves. Any other holiday updates people need to be aware of here in August? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We had sewer meeting here this morning talking about various and sundry sewer projects we've got going on. Then we talked about Councilman Sanders working on fire boats for Lake Hartwell. Uh, you name it, we're, we're somewhere in it. And so when we meet in September, we should be able to do a recap on some of the really big announcements you're hoping is going to get them go through here in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. And then we can recap how well the Blackberry uh, Smoke and Jamie Johnson concert and celebrate Anderson goes. There you go. County Council also moved forward on incentives for expansion of that current company he talked about, um, which would bring those 350 jobs, $30 plus an hour. And Anderson County Council Vice Chairman Brett Sanders Recap that and the other things that happened at the County Council meeting last week. Uh, fairly quick meeting tonight. Uh, we had a couple third readings. We had one deal on the recodification of our book of ordinances. And I know that we've discussed that in the past, but it was like 22 years old. And it's going to bring it up to December of 2020. So any new ordinances, things that have been changed will drop off or be uh, some new classifications and that'll be through December 2022 again like I said and there'll be some updates as we move along. We also had um, projects for the industrial park. Anderson County had six and Greenville County had four projects and that's just to allow uh, uh, companies manufacturers to take advantage of any state or federal or local incentives and again that's a reciprocal relationship with Greenville County. Uh, Greenville send their, uh, sent their thanks and we'll get 1% of the tax revenue generated on their projects from the Greenville side and likewise they'll get 1% of anything that Anderson County puts into Greenville Park. Uh, we also had uh, a zoning change on third reading to do uh, change a parcel off of Highway 76 near Arthrex, or actually I think it, the property adjoins Arthrex, and I think they're going to be doing, I think it can be announced now, but they're talking about doing uh, some multifamily housing there, and it went under eyes eye, so they'll probably, well, they'll have to be some type of uh, commercial there as well. We also had a reading, third reading on the uh, speed hump ordinance. Basically, that was just to uh, bring Anderson County's uh, ordinance to actually match or be the exact same as the state so you don't have any uh, differing views on terminology. So that one uh, passed third reading. Second reading we had the uh, Project Triangle which is a uh, significant project that will be uh, hopefully announced to the public very very soon. It was a 200 million dollar investment and was going to create 350 new jobs at I think an average salary of 30 plus dollars per hour and currently it's a, a current company here now with paying uh, 51 million a year in taxes or annual payroll, 51 million in annual payroll. With the uh, additional jobs of 350, uh, they'll have an annual payroll of over 71, $2 million per year. So that'll be good for uh, 
the overall economic impact, especially in the community, people spending money and, and got a, a, the opportunity, uh, especially those from here. And, and the, the big thing for me is opportunity to uh, stay at home and, and form a career and build a family and not having to uh, step outside of the county or the state. So now I think our economic development department has done a phenomenal job. I mean, now that uh, when I got out of school, there wasn't uh, many uh, opportunities. You either moved out of state or you uh, started your own business. But uh, now uh, things ha have changed, and I think the county is growing in, in a proper direction. And we have a diverse economic community around here. Uh, you know, we used to be all textiles, but now we have a, a big diversity and there are plenty of careers and opportunities for high school graduates, college graduates, so uh, I'm happy to see that uh, families uh, have an opportunity not only to uh, grow up here, but to uh, continue to work and raise their families here. It was also, it was Project Limestone was a, another project, uh, $80 million that was uh, expanding. We actually had Project Limestone in the past and done a uh, agreement with. Now uh, here they are growing again and it's going to be uh, by 2026 when they get the addition on, be an additional 300000 per year in taxes. Uh, don't have the exact amount of jobs just yet, but that's a, that's a good project again. It just shows that uh, our Anderson County's community and the, the county and the state, uh, the state itself, and especially Anderson County, that the people that are here, the uh, businesses and manufacturers that are here are growing and thriving and actually expanding here. So it's, that is always uh, good to see a project that that economic development's worked on, the county's brought in here and then see them in just a short period of time expanding by millions and, and millions of square feet and hundreds of jobs. So uh, it's exciting to be an Andersonian right now. We also had uh, a project that I think uh, in Councilman Glenn Davis's district who's been uh, working with economic development uh, to uh, try to get development and businesses in, in his district. And it is a, a manufacturing steel company that makes steel and I guess accessories that go in the manufacturing of steel buildings and the, the erection of them. And it's going to be uh, 60 jobs at 21, 25 plus dollars per hour. And it's going to have an economic impact of $111 million over the next 30 years. So that's good to uh, see things in, in districts that in the past have, have not really been neglected but are starting to come on the radar more and more and you're starting to see uh, manufacturers and, and developers and, and industries taking note of that. So that, that's an exciting thing for Councilman Glenn Davis. Also we had uh, Four vehicles, Honeypath, Belton, uh, that were sent a request in and they were actually, um, I think most of them, I think the average miles was probably right at 200,000 miles and they were ex-police uh, Tahoes or police Crown Victorious. Uh, I know that they, I like to see them being revitalized and used in other areas and I'm glad that Anderson County had the ability, ability to uh, help them as well. And then we had ACTC, Anderson County Transportation Committee, 
uh, had sent out some requests on uh, paving. I think uh, Pickens Construction, a local company here, I'm glad to see local companies get into bid. It was an additional $888,750 of pavement that's going to be happening in different districts. So that's always a good thing to hear. We had, basically, like I said tonight, we had a, a very impactful council meeting. It was short, shorter than it's normally been, but uh, as you can see, you were here. Uh, the millions and millions of dollars of investments that's coming into Anderson County, the millions of dollars of expansion of companies that's already here and the jobs and, and the salaries being created, uh, it's a great time here. Uh, another thing was the uh, Dixie Youth World Series uh, brought in people from nine different states and was a huge, huge impact on restaurants, uh, hotels. And we also had the uh, Bass Master High School World Series and again, I like, and as a we also had the Bass Masters High School Championship, Fishing Championship, and as uh, I think Chairman Dunn uh, said in the council meeting, I've had more people uh, ask me about or comment to me about that than the actual Bassmaster. I guess it's because of the different communities and things that are involved and local fishermen here and would like to uh, congratulate uh, the team from Wisconsin that came down here and, and took it home I think in the final little bit of time in the final hours and thank you very much I uh, appreciate everything appreciate you watching. Uh, um, get out, get involved in local politics, come by and sit through a council meeting with us. In other news, Anderson County also recently swore in a new auditor. John Binka takes the seat vacated by the death of Jackie Hunter earlier this year. Uh, Binka was elected in a runoff in June and had this to say about his decision to run for public office. People know John, he's been around for a long time and a businessman in the county, but it was interesting to get to know him in this interview. Let's just start by Tell people, tell people how long you've been in Anderson, what brought you here. Let's just let people get to know a little bit about you. Okay. Well, um, it's the, the short story is um, I got married, and this is where my wife's from. So, um, um, I had people who her family is. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Um, my wife's, my wife's uh, one of the McGee's from down in Star. And it's a pretty large family. It's pretty, um, it's got many branches of the, of the family tree. But her dad was a um, a, biz a businessman, entrepreneur, and farmer, um, and a Georgia grad like I am, and like she is. So we met in college, and um, I uh, got out of, got out of school with a degree in physics and uh, ag engineering, and went to um, work locally there. Um, after four or five, six years, I got accepted to the MBA program at Clemson. And, um, and the idea was that we'd end up relocating here at some point anyway, and we'd end up living on the family farm. And um, so we just kind of compressed that to, let's just go do it now. So I might have been 20, 28, something like that. And um, so that's what we did. And so we relocated here knowing we'd do it anyway at some point. Um, and this was just as good a place as any. My folks live still down in Athens, so they're close enough to where we can visit, and um, they you, can as well. You just well. in the Navy before that, right? Navy ROTC. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. My college career started at Georgia Tech, but it ended up at the University of Georgia. So. So your loyalty is with the Bulldogs. My loyalty is with the Bulldogs, but some of my best friends are some of my best friends are Georgia Tech graduates and uh, and still are. Uh, but, uh, um, but you know, I, can, I just came to fall in love with uh, that part of the county as we were dating, and and then as we got married and and moved here, I'm like, it's just a beautiful part of God's good country here. And a lot of people who knew you before you ran for this knew you from your restaurant. Tell people about how you started. Well, yeah, the, the, the um, that, that's an even longer story, but the, the, short, the short version is we wanted to be in business for ourselves and um, had each run into challenges with the glass ceiling and, and corporate buyouts and downsizing and things like that. And so it just seems like it's too up in the air and if it's gonna be, it's up to me. So let's make a, let's do something. Um, farming was always an option um, at that time. It's a little harder to do that these days and make a living out of it. In fact, most of the farmers that we knew in the family, one person did the farming work and the other person had a job with the benefits and that's that was the way you did it, uh, and it still is to this day. Um, that the restaurant came about just as a, um, I, I, I didn't want to do sale, I was doing some outdoor, outside sales for a, a cellular phone company. Um, I'd done engineering consulting work with, with some of the uh, industries in the area and back in Georgia, and um, I don't know, just kind of on a lark, one day I was driving into from Clemson back into Anderson, and they were building a Chili's restaurant there. I think it was the newest restaurant in 1995 at the time, and I pulled in and went like, I really liked doing that work when I was in college, and I wonder if they need any help, of course. So they hired me, and I, I worked my way up to a corporate trainer, and and um, and, and that and some one night I just said, why am I doing this for somebody else? I can do this for myself. At that point, we kind of, we're starved for um, places for adults to go, have dinner, meet with friends, uh, do that, that, that or, you know, that felt safe. And downtown was, was ripe for the picking. It was virtually desolate. There were a, a handful of places to eat. Um, there was maybe one or two bars to hang out at for that type of thing. No live music per se, except the Vintage Blues Club, which was in the basement of the Chicola Hotel, uh, or Plaza Hotel at the time. And um, that was great music to listen to. Wanda Johnson started there. Um, but looking around for like, what is there to do after five o'clock? Not a lot of options. Um, and so the chain restaurants kind of filled that void, but not really offered any entertainment options. Um, being Scottish and Irish ourselves, and, and having been to, to Ireland a, a couple of times at that point, and then growing up in Atlanta, I was like, you know, there's, there's Irish pubs there. It just seemed like a natural fit, especially given the, the Scott-Irish heritage of this part of South Carolina. You had the name already built in. Oh, the name already built in. Well, banking doesn't work for an Irish pub, but my mom's last name is Monroe, and her mom's last name's O'Reilly, so I come by it honestly, but 50%. So by Dixie's 100%, you know that way, um, with with her folks and her heritage. So that always interested us, and we felt like we could bring a place to Anderson that offered kind of a um, a home base, especially if you're interested in, in your heritage, your background, your ancestry, the music. 
Um, and you had to remember back in 1995, Riverdance was a huge hit worldwide and, and, and popularized, or a re, you know, people got reinvigorated with Irish culture and, um, and still are to this day. So that kind of kicked some things off and we, it was kind of a wave that, that, that was running through, if you will, a river that's running through America from, in all your major cities. One of the first companies we looked at was a, a company called the Irish Pub Company that will actually help design, outfit, and build a place. Um, then they have um, Irish pubs all over the United States, and in fact, all over the world. Um, and we went to visit the, their newest one in Atlanta in, in 95, 96. Um, but the, their cost per square foot to, to outfit a building was cost prohibitive for us on the limited budget that we had. So um, we figured out how to do it with the cooperation of a, a block grant from um, HUD through the city of Anderson. Um, we had saved uh, some, some money ourselves and uh, found a good bank to work with at that time. Was Chris Sullivan was our banker with Perpetual Bank and helped us piece together a, a real estate loan and a business development loan. And with our um, seed money, uh, we were off and running. We had to find the right building and the right feel for that. So the one we, 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 we picked was, was just perfect. It needed a, a tremendous amount of work, but we purchased that from Ray Hopkins, who was the previous owner of Foundry and Steel, the late Ray Hopkins. And um, so, a lot, 25 years later, and a lot of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears, and it's uh, it's a successful business. Um, and we've been good to it, and it's been good to us, and the people of Anderson have as well. So, um, we made our home here in 1991, built a business here in, in 96, and it's still viable today. And, and uh, we we tend to it like um, like a good business owner should. And um, it's I don't think any business is easy. And I think the, the restaurant business particularly is, is a very physical one. And so we call it kind of a young person sport. So, you know, I'm getting a little long in the tooth to be the, the personality behind the bar or in the, or in the restaurant, but we're there on a daily basis maintaining the, um, the integrity of the operation and, um, and that customer care and that customer quality. That, that really makes any good business work well. If you take care of people, they'll take care of you. Um, we're standing on the shoulders of a couple other restaurant pioneers downtown who are still successful in their own right doing other things now. But um, you know, since 1996, um, Anderson's been our home downtown, and Star's been our where our heart is. And you've been involved in the community in a lot of ways other than just the restaurant business over the years. Uh, is that what led to the idea of being part of public service? Part, partly. My, my father was a career military, and when he retired, he went um, and worked for the University of Georgia, but had always been extremely active in not just his parish church, but um, things in the community over there in Athens that needed doing. He was the guy they said, you know, if you want to, if you want to get something done, find a busy person and, and you can count on it getting finished. But we were encouraged from, from joining Boy Scouts at a young age and um, I spent six years in Catholic schools where com community service involvement was just part, part and parcel of the culture that was created um, in those schools. So that and, and discipline um, hard work, 
you know, a, a, an achievement. And, um, you know, you don't get any points for second place. So um, we're always, always encouraged by everybody in our family, our, our grandparents and Dixie's family is the same way, to do absolutely the best you could at anything. And then you knew you, you, could, sleep, you could sleep at night knowing you did. You left it all out there on the field, so to speak. And when it comes to becoming a part or, or integrating into a community wherever you live, um, yeah, it's easy to just live someplace, but if you want to be, have a real sense of community, maybe become a part of it, get involved. So, you know, we started off with uh, membership in the Chamber of Commerce, and I served on their board of directors in 1998. Um, I'm, a, I'm currently, I've had to resign since the election on the Board of Architectural Review since 2006 uh, for the city of Anderson, and um, that's been very rewarding. Um, as well, it's it's you know what I call an unpaid gig. You do it because you really you want to, and you've got something to offer. And um, and it goes, it just really goes back to a biblical principle that I think everybody in your audience will appreciate. You know, if you've got a talent, don't hide it under a bushel basket. You know, it wasn't given to you to just be a squandered or be hidden. You know, so if you can do something positive, you should and try to leave, and this goes back to things you learned back in Boy Scouts and, and just good citizenship, leave it better than you found it. And I don't think that's just applicable to a campsite, which is obvious, but I think it's where you live. And so I've always tried to, to get, you know, giving back um, or reinvesting in the community that you're living in is just not, it's just good citizenship. Um, and obviously it's good politics, but it's the right thing to do. And um, we've got a three and a half year old son and you know, I wanna leave him a better, a, a better place to live if he chooses to live here than we found it. And not that it was bad at all, but leave, a mark, leave your mark um, and that, that, that's your legacy. It's not about, you know, for me, fame or fortune or anything like that. So politics, um, or government is something my family's been involved in, not just in the military. My, uh, my, my grandfather, um, Monroe, when he got out of the, um, the Army after World War II, took a job at the Bureau of Printing and Engraving in Washington, D.C., which is where they lived, and retired with that. But while he was in the Army, that was his, that was his M.O., if you will, and was in uh, Tokyo and was one of the couple guys that printed the, um, the surrender documents that are in the National Archives right now. So it's kind of cool. And his, his father, my great-grandfather, was one of the um, engineering managers of the Panama Canal. I mean, my, my grandfather was actually born in the canal zone. So, um, it, and it goes deeper and further back in, in, in history than that. But, you know, there wasn't an option not to try to get involved and do something more than just, you know, I kind of feel Anderson's been extremely good to us as a family and as a business. And no, I didn't have to run for, for public office. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted, and I wanted to, Greg, for, for a lot of reasons. Um, 
I had run previously for, for county council because, um, for District 1, because I felt like we needed good representation and the seat was being vacated by Bob Waldrop. It was one of our first um, attorneys that assisted with some us purchasing a home or building our, our, our home here in the first place. So, you know, I talked to Bob and he was, um, he was thinking of, of retiring from politics and that's why I thought, well, you know, I'm young enough, let's give it a go. And that was 12 years ago. Um, that didn't end the way I wanted it to, but I gave it a good shot and I did well. Um, and it's not like you get the bug. I didn't feel like I had to, to keep running just to win something. Um, the, the successive representatives for District 1 have all done good work. Craig Wooten, um, you got John Wrights in there right now. And I just don't feel like you have to run for something unless you really, really, really want to or have to for a personal um, ego if somebody's already doing a good job there. You know, just support them and they'll represent you well and they'll work hard. If they're not, you know, yeah, people need to be replaced. Um, so what was it about the auditor's job that was interesting to you? Well, um, I, I met Jackie when I was running for office back in 2010 and he impressed me as a very, very extremely intelligent, well-qualified well person and, and I'm a numbers guy uh, myself. I'm the CFO for our company so what, what I do is um, all the bookkeeping, the, the tax preparation. I, of course, I work with the CPA here in town and, um, and prepare those things. And there's always something, you know, it's a, it's a constant flow of returns and payments and more returns and annual returns. So um, there's a lot more to being in business and, and uh, that I, I realized when we first got into it, kind of wide-eyed and um, eager. But you know, you sell into a routine and understand that you know part of what you part of what you do and part of what you remit helps make things happen for the entire community, the city, the state, the country. Jackie, Jackie is was an impressive person from that standpoint, and kind. And uh, the, the initial thing I remember was he said he introduced himself and said welcome. And it's a little intimidating um, if you're just um, stepping into the political spotlight and arena, if you will. But a couple of years ago, um, it would have been it would have been a couple of years ago, a, a friend of mine was at the restaurant and we were talking. And once you run for office, if people like you, um, they'll always ask you if you're going to run again for something. And, respectfully declined under the circumstances and thought I'd just focus on our business and um, building a family. But um, he said, well, you know, um, Jackie may retire one day. And, and it, when he does, you'd be good at that. And, and, that, and that came up a few more times. So I did a little research on it, and this is better than a year ago. And I thought, yeah, um, th that's interesting to me. Um, I've got a proclivity for pen and paper and adding machine and calculators and spreadsheets and I'm like yeah what 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 do they do? Um, <clears throat> and the, and the question came up again last late last fall um, just in casual conversation and I said you know um, I owe it to myself to look into it and if there's uh, a way in two years if he if he's not going to run again 
I need to talk to him, see where his head's at. And uh, I vowed that I would do that right after Christmas break, first of the year, and of course, um, sadly, didn't get that opportunity. Um, so when the seat became vacant, um, I talked to our representatives, uh, Ann Thayer's my, re my representative here in town, inquiring whether they were going to make an appointment or kind of what they were thinking about doing with that and, and with the governor's office's involvement and with that they decided to go ahead and put it to a primary a primary vote. So I, uh, we, we talked about it, we prayed about it, um, ran it, ran it up the flagpole of both families and said this is what it's going to mean, this is how we, it, we may have to make some adjustments in, in scheduling with uh, operating the restaurant, at least my involvement there and what that's going to mean and how that's going to impact some of the other things that have to happen there um, were I to get elected. So we started making uh, adjustments in that regard, filed for, for the office, and then um, started running a campaign because on the last day of filing I found I had an opponent so um, who had been hired by um, Jackie um, in December and she took um, employment here um, early January and then he unfortunately went right into the hospital and that was a um, tragic loss for, for Anderson County. Um, but I had it in mind to be just as diligent as he was. Uh, I, can't, I, I can't say I'm not as smart as he is or was, but, uh, but he, uh, when I ran my campaign, I said those are big shoes to fill and do a good job and do that out of, out of respect for the people that came before you. Um, there have been a lot of good auditors for Anderson County. I think um, he was one of the longest serving ones. And, um, and I was fortunate enough to, to just run a campaign to the very, uh, to the very wire. And on, um, so on election night, um, we won. <laughs> but the, the vote total was 21 votes. And um, it was, you know, a win's a win, okay? And if you, if you talk to Dabo Sweeney, it ain't gotta be pretty. <laughs> in fact, it's going to be ugly now and again, but a W is a W. But that margin, it was uh, under the 1% uh, that, that forced a, an automatic recount of every ballot. Um, and then the provisional ballots had to be addressed um, two days after the election on Thursday, and that narrowed the gap to uh, 17. And all day Friday, uh, 16th. We had, um, I, I was down at the elections office and they, they scanned in every 18,597 votes, ballots again, and I actually gained one. So the final tally was 18. Um, and then that, that was probably the most nerve-wracking three days. Um, you know, I told myself it was, I was less stressed out about getting married 33 years ago. <laughs> and, and I kind of felt like she could always back out of this, you know, but this is, um, you know, win or loss, you know. Uh, you run a good race, something that you could be proud of. Um, I'm grateful to the citizens of Anderson County that voted for me. I did not get to get in front of as many people to introduce myself and talk, and talk to them as, as I would have liked to uh, before the election. But um, uh, even at that point, um, 
I was extremely excited and, gr and grateful to everybody that, that trusted me enough with this office to, to, to give me the margin I needed to, to win. Um, what, that, what that meant at that point was um, there, there's no Democratic challenger, so we've, we've got till three days after the November um, election to, to certify everybody's results, including mine. Um, and we, we all knew that uh, by we all, our, our friends, family, the people in both of the ancillary offices, the treasurers and the assessor's office, knew that you can't, we just couldn't wait till November not to have an auditor in the office doing um, the work that needs to be done, especially you compound the fact that it's, we have to prepare tax bills in the next couple of months. We're also uh, in the middle of a mandatory five-year reassessment um, year for Anderson County, which is a lot more work, not just on the assessor's office, but there's a schedule that has to be kept. So we, um, I worked with uh, uh, chairman of our delegation, Wes Cox, Mike Gambrell, Ann Thayer, um, and had asked all of them if they would consider asking for a, uh, an appointment to fill out the unexpired term for the balance of this calendar year. Um, the seat doesn't actually start until July 1st, the fiscal year, but the elections, the elections over November and January. Um, so they did. Um, right in the middle of summertime when everybody's on vacations. The governor, of course, himself, um, you never tell the governor what to do. You just ask. And he's running for re-election as well. So we ran into a, a kind of a, a, a stagnant piece of purgatory, if you will. I wanted so much to get in and get started to work. Um, in a positive way, there's some um, work that, that's done in this office on a daily basis. You've got vehicle renewals that yeah, that's what happen I was every say. day. People, a lot of people I've talked to go, I don't, what, yeah, what was the auditor do? Tell, no, give, it's, people, it's, give people a snapshot of what it's, it's a it's It's a great question. Um, you know, the, contrary to what some people might think, the auditor doesn't necessarily audit the books of Anderson County. Um, or any people like like when you think of an audit, you think of the IRS, and they're just gonna, you know, that's not a fun experience. Um, but so it's kind of a misnomer, per se. But the the primary function of of the auditor is to set the tax levy, and the levy is the ratio that we use. Um, we'll, we'll take that that levy, multiply it times your um, assessment, property assessment, at whatever ratio that is, if it's 4% um, uh, home and it's your primary residence or it's an investment property, your second home, that'll be a 6% um, ratio. But that levy is set for each tax district um, in Anderson County. And, the, then, and this is on the auditor's website. Um, everybody lives in one of these tax districts and this levy sheet's created with, with headers up here of what levy is assessed against property in that particular district to help fund these, these things here. So you've got the county level, that is the county operating budget. You've got the Career and Technology Center, which is up in districts one and two. County fire, county sewer, kind of, those are, are pretty much set. But um, 
the, the, each of the schools has got school operations, um, but you know, District 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all of that has to get paid for out of the, out of the general fund. And some of that is funded by ad valorem or property taxes. Those are taxes that will pay on your automobiles, boats, aircraft, um, business personal property, manufacturing property. Um, there's a levy in there that's pretty fixed for, um, straight up fixed for, for agricultural use. Anyway, everything is assessed and uh, that, is, that is bolted down or not. And everything has a levy associated with it based on where it's residing. So the levy in District 1 may be di is definitely going to be different than the levy in District 2 and 3 and 4 and 5. But I have to take the assessed values that I get from uh, Mr. McLean over in the assessor's office and then I have to balance that against the what government um, entities like the school boards or the city of Anderson or the, uh, the Anderson County uh, Council sets their budget, just finished that up in, July, in, in June, and make sure that we're setting a levy and when you multiply it out, it's essentially revenue neutral. And we can't collect more money than we need. Um, we can't collect less money than we need. So that number has to be fixed to where that works out. And, and it's, it's a lot of number crunching and it, uh, it's time consuming. Um, this particular year in reassessment, we have to look at rollback and go back three years and make sure is, is this proper? Does this work? Um, so it's... It's critical to the county's budget. I it's mean, absolutely critical to. to the county's budget, you know. You don't want a shortfall. And um, there's certain things that we back out of that equation as well, too, because there's certain revenue streams that come into the county. So we're looking at what those don't cover. Property taxes has to make up the difference there. And when you look at your tax bill, which will be coming out in October, um, you'll get an assessment there that says this is what your property is assessed at, and that comes from the guys next door. And then you'll get a bill from us that'll say this is um, your assessment, and this is how much tax you owe on that. And then we break it down so that you see exactly on your bill what that's paying for. County operations will be listed there. You know, you'll see exactly how much is going to your local school board, and et cetera, et cetera, how much is funding EMS, and it's all very, very straightforward and spelled out. So just to be perfectly clear, um, I said this office sets the levy to make, to make that balanced equation, a balanced budget countywide. Um, I don't raise the taxes. Uh, we don't make policy here. We execute policy that comes to us from the Department of Revenue, um, the Fiscal Budget Office down in Columbia. We basically follow the laws that are enacted by our legislators and our county council. So all that being said, it's a, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of, of numbers work, mathematics. It's not rocket science, but it's work that has to be done every year. Um, and then we have to live with it. So largely what we have to look forward is um, estimating what we think might be happening over the course of the year. There is also an adjustment that comes from the state once a year that lets us know what 
consumer price index increase might be, and we also look at population growth. So we might have uh, one part of the county where maybe the population has decreased. Um, there's a standard uh, CPI increase that they can take to make up for that. And then you're going to have other parts of the county where the growth is a lot more um, aggressive. And that base may be a little bit higher. Nevertheless, um, we have to take into account things that Act 388 instituted back in 06, 07, where some of that's been transferred from one revenue stream to another. Nevertheless, those assessments are all capped at 15% anyway. So we get, there's, a, there's some things we have to pull out of our equations and then things we have to add back in before we arrive at, at that sheet. Um, so that sheet's my, that's my homework for the next two months. Um, we'll get the bills added in October. Um, we know we'll have people coming in immediately after that, and our office is tasked with helping to explain those to the, to the taxpayers when they come in. So I'm circling back around to what, what we're really doing out here with these, uh, and it's a great group of people here. One of the things I'll tell you, Greg, is that it's been most impressive to me that you know, when you're interacting with, with your county government on, on the other side of the window, if you will, it, it's a certain uh, viewpoint you have of it, but there's a huge number of people that are working behind the scenes that just do excellent work. They've got great attitudes to this. I'm impressed with the department that, that Mr. Hunter built here. Uh, and I want to build on that, develop on that. So I'm not starting from scratch here. Um, my background is in customer service. It's in staff development. It's in efficiency studies. It's in those things that everything I've done since high school has really prepared me for what I'm doing today. Um, my, I'll make some mistakes, but there's also people that are, that are here to help me out as well, and vice versa. I, I think it's important for people to understand that I want to bring to this office a, um, um, a better sense of customer service so that we know what that means, because I feel that if you're driving around Anderson County, it's impossible not to notice the growth, and that's coming from a lot of different places. There are people moving into Anderson that we see every day here that I see in my restaurant that are new to the area every single day. There's companies moving in and expanding that are bringing an international flavor to our community as well too. Um, and what they have to do on a daily basis to navigate, how do I settle in, how do I settle down, where do I do this, how do I do that, is met with human beings that are doing a great job for the taxpayers of Anderson County. I want to maintain that and I want to keep that going because your first um, experience with county government most likely is going to be right here. And so I view that as a tremendous responsibility for us to make the best impression uh, not only just on the existing people, that, the, the people, the natives of Anderson County, but the new people that are moving in here and make that positive. It, it can be a little intimidating and let's, let's face it, and I said this when I was campaigning, I, mean, I feel it the same way. Most of the times when you're coming into this office, or the treasurer's office, you don't want to do that. But it's something that you guys, you know, your responsibility, your civic duty, your, as a property owner, you have to do. Um, so we already know that on the front end. Um, so, so let's do it with a spoonful of sugar. Uh, they're very helpful with saying, this is what you need to do here. You need to go to the DMV, which is just up the street a little ways. Um, 
and try not to make their time wasted and wasting gas and, and that type of thing. So there's a lot of things we can help out with here um, just to help break down that intimidation factor of, of that. You still got to write the check <laughs> to somebody. Uh, and maybe time, sometimes to that day when you go hit DMV. But a lot of what we're having to do here is, is create new bills for um, automobile renewals. Um, airplane renewals come up annually. We get boat bills that come in from DNR uh, down in Columbia on a weekly basis. And we process those bills. And we're also looking at bills that maybe a lot of people don't realize when they purchase a new car and they say the tax tag and title is included with that. Yeah, the sales tax is, but the property tax is not. So you basically have a window of time to get that. We'll send you a bill. Um, and then when that goes past 120 days, you know, you're in that, that, that spot where you could get your license suspended if you don't get that bill paid. So I wish maybe some of our car dealer friends would make that a little bit more clear on the front end. But that's, sometimes that's not a happy person that shows up. Um, the other thing that we have, and, and I take a great deal of pride in, in the job that we do with this, is the homestead exemption for um, our, our retired military people and, um, and our, our citizens over 65. Sometimes they don't realize it until they get their bill when they're 66 that, hey, I qualified for that. So we're going to try to do a little bit better outreach over the next couple of years and making sure um, maybe we'll send something in with those notices that say, hey, by the way, you qualify for this, but I need you to come down to the office and we can process that for you. But you can't do it online as well, too. And there's a lot that you can do online that you couldn't or didn't have the ability to five or six years or ten years ago. I guess that's what I was going to ask you is if people do have questions or need to figure something out, what's the best way for them to get in touch with y'all or find it online or whatever? Well, the AndersonCountySC.org and there's a page there for the auditor. Um, there's a what do I need to do if um, FAQ page. Um, if you have questions, just call down here to the auditor's office. You're welcome to ask for me and um, if I'm not available, um, any one of, the, of these people would be, be more than happy and, and efficiently answer that for you and help you out. Um, I, I mean, it's a challenging opportunity for me, and um, I like it. But um, in two years, i got to run again for office, so I have to fill the full four-year term, and I'm hoping that the citizens of Anderson County will like the job that I've done here two years from now and, and give me another vote of confidence to keep doing it because it, it's, it's, it's a great office and it's an important one and um, it's one I think I'll, I'll be, I'm, I've jumped right in with both feet and I'm swimming and I've got uh, a lot of good support here, not just with the staff here but with, the, with our treasurer Jason Phillips and our assessor Bob McLean. Um, the county staff and, and administration personnel, finance, uh, Mr. Burns' office have all been extremely helpful in making this transition um, in a, from very tragic circumstances into a positive one that I think puts us on the right path to continue that good work going forward. And, and I look forward to I look forward to meeting our you know our taxpayers, our citizens, our voters. Ask for me. I'm 
extremely accessible. I, I've got a window here so I can see you, you can see me, you want me to come out, let me know. And um, I look forward to being here for many, many years to come. Not just in this office, but this is our home. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing my boy be 18, 19 and, and looking at what he's gonna do to make his community better. Uh, more good news over in Williamston, one of the fastest growing towns in the county. Uh, Mayor Rocky Burgess announced the expansion of a new trail system over there, or the existing trail system, which could eventually not only connect the entire town, but reach much further than that. So in 2014, uh, the town received a grant uh, through PRT, and we currently have a little over 3,000 linear foot of trail that goes back from the, water the old water treatment plant through Mineral Spring Park, through Veterans Park, and ends there. Um, we applied this year for a PRT grant that would extend the trail from our, again, our old water treatment plant uh, to come to here to this location we're standing at now. We were not the recipient of that grant. However, in, in, at the same time, we also applied for an ARC grant, Appalachian Regional Council grant, uh, which is a 50-50 grant to cover uh, from Mineral Spring Park almost to William Street, back along the old Williamston Quarry. Some people don't even, if you, uh, may not realize the history, but Williamston actually had a quarry back in the early 1900s. Um, that also will connect to some uh, uh, Saratoga Oaks and Saratoga Villages, which is a, uh, a housing development that's going in there along Brock Lane. So we're super excited about that. That developer will actually have a trailhead there with about 20 parking places there so the general public can go park in that, that subdivision, get out and uh, walk the trails within the subdivision, which by the way will be paid for by the developer, and then subsequently get on out, uh, connect up to our trail system, um, walk all the way to where we're standing now, Phase three of this project will actually connect from Minor Street, where we are standing currently behind the Williamston uh, Public Workshed, um, and, and go all the way to Ida Tucker, nearby the reservoir. Eventually, our plan is to connect the reservoir. Uh, at some point in time, we've got some individual property owners we've got to work with to do that, uh, but hopefully that can be accomplished. And at the same time, we'll connect there Ida Tucker with um, uh, the school sidewalk system. So in theory, you'd be able to get out of school, or your kid walk to school safely, and uh, that would eliminate some of the issues. We have a car, car pickup lines, the long lines and stuff like that. Also get the kids out and have them exercising. And uh, I think it'd be a real big benefit to the community. And how far, I mean, how long will that trail be after all the stages are complete? The total will be almost two miles. All right, Greg, so currently we're in Veterans Park. This is actually where the trail that we do have funding for will pick up um, right along this side. Again, cross over William Street carry on out uh, to the old rock quarry that, that Williamson has, um, uh, and then also almost to William Street. Um, again, we're in, in Veterans Park. You would be amazed at how many Williamson residents don't even know this park is back here. If, if you look, this is such a pristine, beautiful area that, that, our, that our community uh, can get out and enjoy. These are things, these are the amenities we can't buy, but, but we're blessed. We're tremendously blessed to have this uh, creek that runs through town. We're tremendously blessed to have a spring um, in our park. We're tremendously blessed to have this area that we can come to to get out, exercise, and walk. And uh, not only that, that's, this is going to be a huge draw for people in our surrounding area. They can come out and enjoy those amenities as well. And you just met some people that don't live here. They're out here walking. Yeah, around. that was actually for Piedmont. I just talked to them when you and I were, were riding through. And um, that, that's what it's all about, is getting those people that will come from outside of our municipality uh, outside of our corporate limits, come enjoy our amenities and come spend money uh, in our city. You know, those folks probably went to McDonald's this morning, got a cup of coffee, got a, uh, got, uh, got a, got a biscuit. Those are, those are important to our economic um, uh, development within our town. 
And how soon since you got the funding will you be in? I know you've already done a lot of work out here. You've told me you've already done a lot of work yep. out here. How soon will y'all be able to get this going? I would expect we'll start seeing some dirt turning by the end of the year. Um, we went ahead and processed. Uh, the town went ahead and paid up front for the engineering to take place uh, with that, so we're ahead of the ball game. Um, we, we knew that whether the funding comes this, this cycle or not, we knew this is a project that's important to the town. Um, and so we went ahead and paid out of pocket for that to get a step ahead of that, 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 uh, that process so that when the money does arrive here, that uh, we're, we're shovel ready project ready to rock and roll. And then once you get underway, how, how long before it would be completed? I, I don't have a timeline on it. I do know that this will run consecutive with another project that will follow the same footprint, and that's a large sewer project that we have. A third of the town's sewer uh, comes in, filters filters down both sides of Main Street there at the fire department, and ends up at our wastewater treatment plant. So uh, we'll be upgrading those lines again, prepare us for the future, and that'll run along the same footprint. So technically we'll have two projects going on at the exact same time, two totally different projects, but within the same footprint. Hopefully we'll save some money doing that way too. So Greg, where we're, at, where we're standing right now is an area along Big Creek, uh, just before you get to Williams. Williams Street will be back over here. Um, it's an area that, that's previously undiscovered, I would say, uh, at least by the majority of our residents. I came back here and took a look and I was just absolutely blown away by the beauty. I mean, if you didn't know any better, you would swear that you were in the mountain somewhere. Absolute pristine area. Uh, just down downstream here, you'll find our old quarry where Williamson used to have a quarry here in town. Um, the flood of 1908 took that quarry out. Um, but this is, again, where, where the funding we have via the ARC grant, this is where the trail would stop. Eventually, I would love to see uh, a footbridge that would cross this area right here, span this area of the creek, and then go across over to the Brock Lane development. Imagine this, you buy a house in Brock Lane, uh, in Saratoga Oaks or Saratoga Villages, that, that subdivision will have its own trail system as well as a trailhead within that subdivision. So any resident can come up here and park in, in, that, in that subdivision, safely come across this creek, enjoy the beauty and all the amenities Williamson has to offer. Listen, we, we couldn't buy this particular uh, piece of property. Towns would give millions and millions of dollars to be able to have a place like this that you come out, make photos, just sit down and enjoy a picnic with your family. Um, this is an unbelievably pristine area and we are so blessed to be able to have it here in Williamson. And again, the, those new subdivisions would be connected to the schools by all these trails, right? Eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, all it would take would be a foot, foot bridge across and uh, again, you could follow our trail system. You'd have kids, you know, get up, be able to walk to school safely. I think you'd have to cross one road, which would be Minor Street or Ida Tucker, to get over into into the school. So you could safely walk to school uh, along this trail system. And you grew up here. Did you ever come out here? Did you know about all this growing? No, and I think I've probably explored every area of Williamson. I actually fished in Big Creek. We, we used to catch a pretty pretty good fair amount of fish here in Big Creek. But uh, again, this was all overgrown, and, and unless you're from here uh, uh, and, and did a lot of exploring, nobody even knew this was back here. Again, it's an absolute pristine area. I'm a lover of history, so I've had to go back uh, through our history and learn certain things about uh, the quarry. You had two gentlemen that uh, actually died out here, um, uh, caused quite a ruckus in town back in the 1900s when the quarry was operational. They would, they would drill down into, into these stones like what we're standing on here now, and uh, they would drive dynamite in and they would have to use a wooden dowel. Well, one of the guys could not find his wooden dowel, used a steel rod, well obviously that caused a spark, and uh, both those guys lost their life, uh, well, as well as rocked the town, so caused quite a commotion in the early 1900s. A lot of history in this area. 
you know, long range plan, we've actually got it approved through GPAS, uh, Mayor Sanders, Mayor um, Will Ragland over in Pelzer, and myself to connect all three towns together via depot. Um, so that project uh, has been approved, it's in the pipeline, but we're talking probably five to 10 year plan to actually connect all three towns together. And again, we're, we're three towns, one community, and the tie that brings us all together is our school system. So that school system, Palmetto High, Palmetto Elementary, Palmetto Middle School, um, that, that's that, that area that will actually connect us all together and be the central hub uh, for our sidewalk system. And that, that would be sort of unprecedented in the state to have three towns with a trail system together, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And so, you know, if you look past the, the uh, five-year plan, um, you look at Belton's trail system that they just, they just had uh, put in place. If you were to go right down 20 um, along DOT's right-of-way and, and continue with that sidewalk or trail system, in theory, you could connect uh, Williamston, Belton, Honeypath, all that together. And uh, so the county just recently called a meeting and, and uh, with all the mayors in the eastern side of, of Anderson County, we're talking about Belton, Honeypath, Williamston, uh, Pelzer, West Pelzer, we all met with the county and the county for once is actually looking at what we're doing and figuring out how to bring that into a county-wide plan. Um, so that's, that's real important. It's always good to have the county as a partner in, in those big initiatives like that. So the eventually, I mean, maybe somewhere down the road we're looking at the whole county being connected by a trail system. Absolutely. So, you know, recently in Upstate Business Journal, uh, Williamston was compared to TR. Now, I don't know if you remember TR, you know, several years ago. If you look at TR, even five years ago, um, 10 years ago, TR was a lot like Williamston. We've got a lot of, lot of amenities right now, Mineral Spring Park, um, Big Creek. They're just having a creek that runs through the middle of town. Those are huge amenities that, that we have not done a good job historically capitalizing on. You know, if you're from Williamston, you think about Mineral Spring Park. It's been a park that's always there and been a part of our lives always. But when you look at what would take somebody from Simpsonville or Fountain Inn that would get up on a Saturday morning and say, family, come on, let's get dressed, let's go to Williamston for the day. Well, there would be no reason to do that. So we're trying to capitalize on those uh, amenities that the town has to offer and uh, make it a true destination where people would be interested in coming out and visiting, uh, spending the day with us. Start again on make it a true des destination. Right, you, let me mute this check that. Go ahead. <clears throat> and just start with and make it a true destination. So what we'd like to do is make Williamson a true destination. So if you get up in, uh, you live in Simpsonville or Fountain Inn or somewhere like that, you get up in the morning, it would be a place you would take your kids and go spend the day uh, with us. And Williamson will also be opening its new dog park soon, so a lot's going on over that way. And don't forget the Springwater Festival with a lot of new events, uh, expanded rides and music and food and a race and all sorts of things. It is Friday and Saturday of this week, so if you haven't been to the Springwater Festival, it's a lot of fun. And it is a historic place we'll talk about on another time. Meanwhile, Anderson, the Cleo Bailey experiment, which will eventually serve as a community hub in the old school on East Whitner Street, recently got a grant to allow the city of Anderson to provide water for this location. And this will greatly enhance efforts on the community for their community garden on the site, which has been dependent on rainwater and water trucked in for the garden. Uh, Zephaniah Smith, along with his wife Whitney, who had the vision for this place and have been working on it for some time now, had this to say. So uh, just recently we were um, granted some funds to get some water out here from the city, which is phenomenal. So over this last uh, two seasons, we've been collecting rainwater. And when that runs out, because we're here in South Carolina and it runs out, um, I've had the fortune of having an individual come in 
and actually bring me water from his pond. So you you have to imagine. Now wait, explain how hard that is. Okay, so uh, truck, trailer, tote, multiple pumps, and lots of travel time. So that's that's going on, and it's it's had to happen. I mean, during our drought periods, we've had two loads of water every week, uh, just trying to water the garden. And unfortunately, um, this garden is three quarters of an acre. So we're trying to water a lot. So we've had to make, make decisions this year on what we are going to water and what we're not going to water. Um, we tried to make decisions on what we planted, um, potatoes and peanuts, thinking, you know what? Let Mother Nature take care of them. Well, unfortunately, Mother Nature didn't take care of them this year. Um, our potato crop over there uh, doesn't have very much foliage right now because there was no water. So getting back to the benefit of having city water made available to us is just huge. I mean, absolutely huge. Um, I prefer running off of the rain, you know, and and doing it as natural as I can, but man, it's such a blessing to be able to have that uh, in our back pocket. So, well, where, big deal. Wherever the water comes from, you are not creating it. It's still natural. So absolutely, still absolutely. Well, Matthew, what, are, what are, about the community garden and the purpose of just the garden part of what you're doing? Okay, so there's a couple of uh, reasons why the community garden is here. Um, one is to bring the community members into the project so that they know what's going on. Um, a big part of what we do as um, Cleo Bailey, we manage a huge portion of this garden. Everything we grow then gets donated to those in need. Um, so right across the street is the Anderson First Seventh-day Adventist Church, and we've recently made a partnership with them in which they already have a food bank. They've got a program going on. They've got families in need that come to them but they haven't always had the non-perishable goods, the fresh fruits and vegetables. And now we have a place to distribute our food so that that network is already created. So that's, that's been such a big deal for us there. Um, additionally, we partnered with them and another group and we started a community East Side Fun Day and it was awesome. We had a big water slide out here. We had, um, <laughs> our boys in blue which was phenomenal they were out here dancing with everybody it was great we had a great day and I was able to give tours to a lot of the folks into the into the garden and from that we uh, have new community gardeners who have adopted plots and they're growing their own food right here in the garden which is the ultimate goal to start with so such a big thing came from that and every time we bring community together and they get to hear about what we're doing and they tie themselves in and it's, it's such a benefit. We actually had a uh, Mothers of Preschoolers group out this morning learning about the food cycle. So we went out and we harvested a cantaloupe, fed all the little kids some fresh fruit, and then we took the cantaloupe rinds and showed them how we process those through composting and feeding them to the worms and making worm tea and then refeeding the garden and just showed them this big cycle. So uh, lots of education, lots of uh, opportunities for that out here. So and how soon will the water be available? Um, so we've already uh, gone down and done the paperwork for it and now it's just getting it tapped in and, and supplied to us so I'm gonna say within about two weeks. You've been here a while now how has the community responded now that they're seeing all the things y'all are doing here? Uh, we've had great responses out of the community here. Um, we honestly get the kids in here much more often than we get the adults but the kids are actually our segue it's it's pretty phenomenal so we've got a few kids who come over here and they they want to contribute they want to volunteer so their parents sign off on a waiver and say sure let my kid come help then the parents follow and when the parents follow we do a tour of the garden and they realize there's so much here that we have to offer and we just 
get to having good conversations and we talk about what we want to do and what we want to see here in the community. So it's, it's really helped to expand that a fair amount. The, the, the kids are really the gateway for us. For people who this might be their first exposure to what you're doing here, uh, tell them the vision of this place, how long you've been here, what it is, and what you're hoping to do. Okay, we've been here since COVID's been here. <laughs> uh, my wife and I uh, got a little wild and decided to buy the old Cleo Bailey schoolhouse. Now the schoolhouse has been taken out of service since about 1980, but from 1913 to 1980, it was a huge central point of this community here. It, it sort of made the community in a sense. And uh, we were thinking, can we not put this schoolhouse back into service of this community and see if we can rebuild the community here? So we have a lot of different ideas and a lot of different thoughts, but we're getting the minds together to think about what's gonna make this great. Now, we personally would love to see a safe place for the kids to go after school and have an after-school program that focuses on different key points, which we can get into in another time, but really just trying to make a safe place for um, the people to come together. And it's, it's all about community enrichment here. And one of the needs now is for donations or help to get the, there's one part of the building that has some roof collapse that needs to be fixed. That's the only part that really is not in good shape, right? Right. So the bones of the school are, are great, except for the portion where we did have a fire. So the front portion of the school, there was an apartment built there and there was a fire there. So the roof has collapsed in, the floor is collapsed. It's, it's a bit of a mess. So right now we would love the opportunity to raise the funds to dry in that section because um, as many people know, once water infiltrates uh, a building, if it doesn't get stopped quickly, it, it becomes a cancer and it starts rotting and, and working its way out. So we need to stop that as quickly as we possibly can. If you do want to donate, please go to cleobailey.org. Um, on our website, of course, there's a menu there and you can find the donate button. You're welcome to click there. There are other ways that you can get involved. If, if donation of money doesn't work for you, there's donation of time, there's donation of interest that you have just click the link fill out a little small questionnaire and tell us who you are and how you want to get plugged in and we'll do our very best to get you plugged in now keep in mind as much as we want this to grow and as much as we want this to be all the things that it can be uh, we're still doing this as a weekend project so if we don't get back to you quickly we really apologize uh, we are still working uh, nine to fives and um, this is uh, this is a big deal to us, but it, it doesn't always get the, the front page in, in, uh, in the day-to-day -day during the week. And now that you've got water, what all do you have growing out here, and how will the water help this garden now? Okay, so <laughs> what all we have growing out here? We have nine different fruits and nut trees, and they have never been watered, so it would be very beneficial to them. We have potatoes and sweet potatoes. We have peanuts. We have watermelons, cantaloupes. We just put in uh, 120 feet of pumpkin patch so that uh, this October we can have jack-o'-lanterns for all the folks in the neighborhood. Um, we've got things that don't necessarily feed the body but feed the soul. We have flowers growing all around this place. We've got uh, eight foot tall uh, sunflowers. Uh, we've got blackberries that are, there. I had a few this morning, wonderfully juicy and they actually grow along our fence line. We have something called the food fence, which for those that don't feel comfortable stepping into the garden, we have food growing outside of the garden through the fence so they can just walk by and, and grab a blackberry. We're trying to create that, 
that segue, that, that little patch of land that says, this is yours and it's not ours. And if there are community groups or organizations that want to tour, can you set up tour times for them? Absolutely. Uh, the same way, cleobailey.org. Going through there and submitting uh, your information, and then we'll start a little bit of a dialogue. We love having people out here. We love sharing our vision with folks. And um, any chance we get someone to tie in is just going to make everything that much stronger. There are so many good things going on and people doing good work here in Anderson County. And one of them is the Oasis of Hope group, which was established a couple of years ago to help foster families uh, with a, a clinic. Um, they opened this clinic in Piedmont, and it'll help parents of foster kids who might have developmental issues. And I talked to Allie Brandon, who directs the ministry, about the new clinic. We are opening, this is our opening day for the Oasis of Hope Clinic. So Oasis of Hope is a nonprofit um, licensing agency. So we license um, foster families. We place foster children throughout the entire state of South Carolina. We are the only um, non-therapeutic statewide foster care agency in South Carolina. And just loving on families, we know that 67% of the children who come into foster care um, come in with a delay and so they need occupational therapy, speech, physical therapy, um, they need mental health services, um, they need diagnostic assessments and evaluations and so for many children throughout the upstate that wait for those kinds of services just a regular child can be anywhere from two months to a year and Oftentimes in foster care, we don't have that. We're trying to make up ground that's been lost. And so in order to do that, Oasis of Hope, the clinic, will serve only children in foster care. That's going to give those children an opportunity to get the services that they need without a waiting list, uh, without a waiting time. And so when they do get reunified, when they do go to kinship, when they do get adopted or stay with their foster family, no matter where they go, they make up the ground that they lost. And they, the whole time, get this sense of being in a beautiful clinic setting where we get to say, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are not foster kid. You are a child of God. And there is so much worth to you. And God has such a plan and a purpose for your life. And that's really our hope and our dream with the clinic. Remind people how you got involved in this. They heard your story. Yes. So um, we, my husband and I have been foster parents. This is our 18th year. We've had 51 foster, 51 children live in our home, not all at the same time, um, but we, we just love children and we know that there is a huge need. South Carolina has an urgent need for over a thousand foster families currently. There's um, over 4,000 children in foster care and we just desperately need places for children to go where they can be nurtured and loved on. Um, and that's really where the God-inspired dream of Oasis came from. God said, you need to do more than what you can do in your home. And that's how Oasis of Hope was born. And here we are today. He keeps going, and more, and more. And I need to do more. That's what I was going to ask you next. Did, did you envision this when you started? Not at all. Not at all. I did not um, envision this, but um, I love that I serve a God who says, take this one step, and I'll show you where the next one is. Um, I do see other steps ahead. Um, uh, long term, we would love to open a medical clinic um, because children in foster care also have not gotten typically the medical care that they need. And so in order to get them that medical care, 
we are required as foster parents to take them to a pediatrician within one week of them coming into care, well, that becomes increasingly difficult, especially after the, um, the pandemic. And so our hope and our goal is to open a medical clinic so that we can make sure those children are receiving medical and maybe someday even dental services, again, without any wait, um, where pediatricians and staff know and serve this population of children and so they know what they're looking for and um, that's really our goal. And if somebody's watching this and they've been kind of thinking about foster care and uh, being a foster parent, what, what can they do? If you would like to be a foster parent, we would love to talk to you. And so the best place to start is just at our website. Um, it's www.oasisofhopesc for South Carolina.com. So oasisofhopesc.com. You can go right there and get all of our contact information, and we'd be glad to help you in any way that we can. And I know it took a lot of partners to help make this happen. Do you want to talk about your partners? Absolutely. So um, we, you know, we're we're blessed to serve all children in foster care. So this is not you do not have to be an Oasis of Hope family in order to come to the clinic. You just need to have a child in foster care. So um, we are very blessed to to partner with um, people like the South Carolina um, Christian Foundation. Um, we've just had so many people um, help us. Uh, Coyote Cafe, Ingles has helped us today. Uh, Walmart. Um, we've just had so many community partners, and we're still looking for community partners. So if you want to be a community partner and make a difference in the lives of foster children, reach out to us because we need you. We all need to do this as a community. These are our children, and so we need to make a difference in their lives. Meanwhile, in Pendleton, the Rhinos, a group of men committed to community service and mentoring young men to follow in their footsteps, recently held their Black and Gold Gala to celebrate the good work that's going on down there. Impressive group of men and impressive group of young men, too, and the sponsors and those who support it. And I talked to Jazz Weidman, who is a member of the group, and he talked to me about the event and about the work that the group, the Pilton Rhinos, does. Uh, the event tonight is our second annual Black and Gold Gala. Um, it's more of honoring people within our community. Um, a lot of things happen in the background in our community that a lot of people don't know about. So this is our opportunity to highlight those individuals. Um, so tonight we're honoring Mr. Calvin, Mo uh, Calvin Moses. Mr. Moses has been in our school system at the high school since uh, 1997. He hasn't really gotten a lot of recognition, but he's made a huge impact on a lot of children's lives. So we want to honor him for doing his part in helping other, helping young people grow. And as well as uh, Miss Sandra Gant, we're honoring her tonight because she served on our council for about 25 years, I want to say. And she's the first, uh, I want to say she's the first black woman on the town council to serve. We want to honor her for her efforts within our community. So this is an opportunity to show our young men that great things come from our community. Um, you know, we honor athletes tonight. See, Pendleton doesn't have a Hall of Fame, but we are honoring our athletes. We're calling it the Athletic Hall of Honor. We're honoring those athletes who would definitely be in the Hall of Fame because these young men have no idea who, these, who those people are. You know, so bringing them uh, here tonight is giving them the opportunity for exposure and letting them know, like, well, if, my, if they can do it, then why can't I? Because representation matters. And I saw you having a ceremony pinning the young rhinos. Tell me what that's about. Basically, that's the graduation ceremony. You know, you're coming from being a, you know, coming from being a young man to a rhino. A rhino has a stature to it. You know, it's, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man now. I'm a man of tough skin. I'm a man of, uh, that represents something. So our junior rhinos from last year, they, they got pinned last year for, gra for our graduation process. So what they're doing is now they're going to pin the new rhinos. So it's almost like, uh, you know, graduation of grades, so to speak. So next year, what's gonna happen, the new rhinos from this year are gonna pin the new rhinos for next year. 
And tell me how important mentoring is to what y'all do. Mentoring is huge. None of us got to anywhere uh, to this point by ourselves. It was always somebody that kind of helped push us along at some point. You know, the gentleman that I'm in this organization with, there, some I have. My, I grew up with my father. You know, he was a big part of my life. But the gentleman I was in, in this organization with, they had fathers as well, and some of their fathers pushed me along. They kind of gave me different nuggets that I didn't get from my own household. So everybody has a different way of living, and by all of us coming together and pouring into our children, we can give them different nuggets that they won't be able to get from somewhere else. You know, we have life experience now. We have educational experience. We have career experience. So now we can take what we've learned and pour it back into our youth. So that's pretty much, that's, that's what's necessary. The people I've talked to who have heard of y'all, you've got a great reputation in the community. For the people who have not heard of y'all, tell them what y'all do and how y'all got started. In well, uh, the Pendleton Ron knows we're a nonprofit organization based here in Pendleton, which is our hometown. Uh, we've all branched out and done many different things. There's 13 of us total, um, all from Pendleton. And we saw a need in our community of young men needing something to something to look forward to, something something of positivity. You know, that we have a lot of athletes, a lot of, you know, scholars, but they don't really know what the next step is because this is a small town. So we wanted, we wanted to take some of what we've learned through our experiences and bring it home to our community and kind of help these young men grow and develop. So we partner up with a lot of different people. You know, the town council has been great to us. Um, you know, just different businesses in the town. Uh, PABA, Pendleton Area Business Association, they have been great working with. And we've been able to develop and grow, which is why we're here. I spend a lot of my time here because other people spent their time with me. I would not be who I am without some of those individuals. Um, and it's, it's fulfilling, you know, to, much, to whom much is given, much is required. So I am required to give some of what I've learned and what I've able to accomplish and give back to our young men and give back to my community. This community helped me grow. Why not take what I've learned to give back to it? And meanwhile, as summer is slowly fading away, the Fringe of Broadway Lake also are giving back to the community. They had an event last week that showed it still has a lot of life left and their annual family fun day attracted the largest crowd ever. They had food, games, kid events, uh, ski demonstration, cardboard boat race that also had a cardboard boat race for local charities that helped raise funds for them. Those were all part of that day's events. It was a great day, great weather. And John Steely of the Friends of Broadway Lake said it was the best one they'd had today. Hey everybody, I'm John Steely. I'm with the Friends of Broadway Lake, a homeowners group here on Broadway Lake in Anderson, South Carolina. And tell them, why do y'all spend so much effort to put this event on for the community of you? So, when we formed our organization, the Friends of Broadway Lake, about 16 years ago, our goal was to basically try to promote community health in the area and keep our lake uh, environmentally safe and healthy for everybody. And, and it's a county lake, it's a county-owned lake, and it's open to everybody. And so this event is really designed not only to focus on our community and our people, but everybody else around as well, and let them share what we see about every day, that uh, how beautiful Broadway Lake is. So uh, we, we put this event on, and we, uh, we do it every year. So if you didn't make it this year, hopefully you can make it back next year. Uh, we'll, we'll publicize it on Facebook and uh, different avenues of media, but um, we get great support. Uh, we are actually partnered with the Upstate Federal Credit Union here in Anderson. Uh, also, Anderson County uh, sponsors us as well. Uh, we get to use their great facility here, and uh, we have the volunteer fire departments in the area do, do show up. We have multiple charities around. There's a lot, so many. If I tried to name them, I'd miss somebody. I know that. United States Coast Guard Auxiliary has supported us the past couple years, and I have to mention the food. 
Um, if you've noticed, food trucks are now starting to blossom in the area. People are having their own restaurants that are traveling now. And uh, so we've tried to increase the, uh, the variety of food and we've got some great food here this year too. So hopefully next year, we can make it even bigger and better. Well, you've got a huge crowd this year. Big crowd, probably the best we've had ever. Um, a bounce of fun. That's who has provided our water slide and our inflatable obstacle course for the kids and some adults that are adventurous. So uh, it's been lots of fun. And um, I, I, I also want to mention that uh, every year, uh, Carolina Show Ski Team from Fort Mill, North Carolina, uh, they come and they put on a fabulous show for us. And uh, we do appreciate that. We love to see that talent out on the water. And uh, hopefully it inspires some kids uh, to take up uh, a sport and activity like that as well. Is there anything else coming up soon out here that people need to know about in the fall or hidden? Uh, for, for, uh, for the Friends of Broadway Lake, uh, we do a Christmas boat show. Uh, it's a nighttime show. We, uh, we light up the boats and we go around the lake and uh, it's, this will be our third year doing it. So it's growing. Uh, so we hope to have a lot. Uh, we don't have a date set yet, but it'll probably be about the second weekend in December. But we'll publicize that and come down to the lake and just hang out and watch. And uh, actually, you can come to this facility here. McFall's Landing is a nice dock space and you can watch us and come and enjoy Broadway Lake. And another news, Kid Venture 2 finally opened to great reviews and lots of happy kids. If it's open daily and the splash pad is open on weekends through the end of September, if you've been by there, you can see how crowded it is. It's a fine upgrade to the park, one's, one that parents are going to enjoy for years to come. And if you haven't been out there, go take a look at it. You'll be impressed. Well, Friday night, be careful driving up 81 North because it's time for the annual Midnight Flight Race, which starts the YMCA, and the roads will be closed in that area for a while. And the Milltown players finish up their most recent season with great crowds. The Market Theater offered Godspell as their recent 24-7 play. The Electric City Playhouse is offering nonsense, although they had a little bump in the road with some COVID. And the Foothills Playhouse is offering Driving Miss Daisy. It's a very busy end to the August theater season. And the Anderson Arts Center, celebrating 50 years, is now offering registration, believe it or not, to next year's soiree, which looking forward to after a, a good one this year. And as of today, it's only 70 days until Halloween, 94 days until Thanksgiving, and 124 days until Christmas. So 2022 is moving by fast. But we got to celebrate Labor Day first, and the Anderson County Celebrate Anderson is set for September 4th with music by Craig Morgan. Food, a lot more at the Civic Center, a bigger and better event than ever this year, and it's all free to the community, so get on out there and enjoy that. And a couple days earlier, the Jamie Johnson Blackberry Smoke Concert at the Civic Center will bring a really big act to the new stage. Most of those are, are A-listers, and attendance at this concert will help us bring more big names to Anderson, so grab your tickets now. Sales are going well. You will want to get out and see this concert. Well, that is it for this edition, so happy Halloween, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, and stay tuned to the Anderson Observer News from People You Trust for more news, interviews, and information. And join me next time when I will interview Anderson University President Evans Whitaker. But until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place. I was just a normal guy Life was just a nine to five With bills and pressure Piled up to the sky She never asked She knew I'd been Hanging with my wilder friends Looking for some other way to fly And three days straight Was no big feat To get by on no food Or sleeping crazy What's becoming my new norm 
I'd pass out on the bedroom floor and sleep right through the calm before the storm. My life was just an old routine. Every day the same damn thing. I couldn't even tell I was alive. But I tell you, the high cost of living. 